0: We're good. So welcome in, everybody. The Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. And I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest that you know and you love, Zach Kelberman. Guys, pardon us being a little bit later than our normal late selves. We had a little bit of a technical issue with our browser we had to figure out. But here we are. Zach, the Philadelphia Eagles, just a couple of days away.
1: How are you feeling? I'm feeling like uh, I don't want to be the Cowboys of week 10 Chad and Amari Cooper talked about it today that he said they showed up flat because you can't just get used to winning and expect that you're going to win no matter who you face. You have to go out there and earn it no matter the opponent. And I thought that's appropriate to what the Broncos are facing. uh, The circumstance this week, they're on a two game winning streak. They just came off one of the biggest upsets of the entire season. They're riding high. They have a bye week in front of them and an opponent that on paper, they should beat a, not an overly great Eagles team. So I want the Broncos to go out there and play like this is a playoff game. I know it sounds stupid because the Eagles are far from that, and so you can make the case the Broncos are too, but you have to have that want to. You have to have the hunger. That's part of the reason why they blew the doors off Dallas in Week 9. I want to see that same level of fight and intensity in Week 10. I don't want to see them go backward.
0: That's what was missing for those four weeks, and we talked about it, how all it took was one blip, right, one bump, speed bump in the road, And you could see the Broncos in week four against Baltimore get that, Oh shucks, here we go again, collective bug. And the eyes were cast to the dirt. There was no confidence. There was no intensity. And you could, for the next three weeks, really see that the light had left their eyes. I don't know how that changed. I don't know what changed because it wasn't like, Zach, it was a sudden I mean, I guess some could argue it was sudden, the way they kind of came out of nowhere to beat the Cowboys that way. But, you know, they lost to the Browns in in a semi-humiliating fashion because you had Case Keenum getting his revenge on John Elway's Broncos. And then they kind of barely edged out Washington. And then they come back and thunderously curb-stomp the Dallas Cowboys. The light is back in their eyes. They're playing with swagger. They're playing with confidence. And the word you use, Zach, or the phrase, I guess, they're playing with want to. That is so important. You gotta want to be out there. You gotta want to strive. You gotta want to execute, and you gotta want to win. Listen up, Broncos Country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up Podcast and
1: ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first
1: order of Broncos tickets. Yeah. And just because they beat Dallas doesn't mean that we forgot that they lost to Cleveland, that they lost to the Raiders, that they lost to Pittsburgh. They got their, you know, their their tails beaten by the, the Baltimore Ravens pretty handily. So this is a team that's still pretty flawed. I don't think they're a championship contender, especially after only one game. It was Vic Fangio's finest hour of his tenure. The bar is also not super high for that mark to exceed, but regardless they're in a good position here i mean everything is still in front of them i just don't want any complacency i don't want them peeking ahead i don't want them reading their own press clippings i mean pick your cliche here i want the broncos to avoid if they can play up to the potential we saw last week this game should be no problem but how often have we said should and the opposite has happened this year and that's what's so crazy is
0: you know you even despite all the personnel losses right to the injury bug the loss of von miller on the trading block this team, it, it's potential is still is still um a force to be reckoned with. But it's all thing everything has to come together for the Broncos to really even kind of approach and scratch at what their potential is as a team. But it all comes back to that spiritual quest, that spiritual um mandate you gotta have if you're gonna be a force to be reckoned with in the NFL, especially as you reach the the stretch run, Zach. And that is intensity, want to, and it's not just saying we want to win. It's not just everybody showing up to the meeting rooms and going through the motions and saying, yeah, we want to win. I mean, there was a lesson there in what Amari Cooper said and what you just talked about a few minutes ago, Zach. And that is that, you know, so much, I mean, everyone in the league is talented and what really separates the, the good teams from the mediocre teams is a multitude of different, um, attributes that, that happen between the years. And for the Broncos, man, it's all about just playing with that intensity. That's what I want to see. Intensity, want to. And then I think all things are possible regardless of the opponent. Zach, here's Christian jumping in. Thank you, buddy. He says, hey, boys, I'm really interested in a career like this or something in journalism. I'm wondering where you both went to college and for how long and what you studied uh, there. As always, MHH is the best. Well, hey, bro, I'll tell you this. And then I'll let Zach answer. If, if you want to get into uh, digital sports media, you know, learn something about journalism, learn something about um, creative writing in terms of how to construct a sentence and things like that. Right. But you don't need to go, you know, necessarily get a bachelor's degree. Start blogging. Right. It's all about reps today. Start repping, start getting out there and, you know, start your own website. It's free 90 free basically nowadays. Go get a WordPress site. Zach, that's how you started rocking it on your own. I mean, as you were going to college and whatnot, I mean, it's all about getting those reps. And they say it takes 10,000 reps to be a, you know, or 10,000 hours, pardon me, to become an expert at something. And so you got to get that time on task, my friend.
1: Uh, That is so well said. And that's such a point that no one ever talks about when it comes to this industry. I mean, I can do the whole podcast on this topic. Really, there's so much to talk about. Christian, this is not a field like uh, being a doctor, being a lawyer, being an engineer. I feel like and I'm not discouraging you from going to school and studying this, but like Chad said, writing and experience and doing will serve you better than just sitting in the classroom and having another person tell you what to do. I feel like writing is also innate. You either have it or you don't. It's like singing. It's like acting. It's like painting. It's a skill. And if you have that, you have to hone that. I started my own blog when I was in, uh, I was a sophomore in high school and I had it all the way through up until college. And the number one piece of advice I give people who want to write is just start writing, whether it's as a career, whether you're you're focusing on one story, Chad, you know this when you're staring at the cursor on the screen, just write, get the words out there and the rest will come to you. Um, I went to FAU though. I was there. I got my, um, I got my bachelor's in arts from FAU. Go Owls before they became popular and they, and they had Lane Kiffin. But really, I wouldn't devote you know, your life savings or $50,000, 70000 into journalism when, like you said, Chad, back in my day, it, you had to code the pages yourself on these blogs. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you click a button and five seconds later, you have a blog. All you got to do is supply the word. So I would recommend what Chad said. Start a blog. Find your niche some guys are cap guys, some guys are data guys, some guys are film guys, draft guys, college guys. guys. Yeah. News guys, free agency guys. That's where, you know, you have to kind of find your niche. And once you do and you hone in on that, it doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become a task. It doesn't become work. It becomes fun and it's a hobby and a passion that you put into.
0: You don't have to get a college degree to make it in digital sports media. Now, if you want to go get a, a job as a beat writer for like a local paper or you want to get a job, say, with ESPN or something like that, yeah, you're going to need that. But if you just want to crack into digital media, I mean, look, I didn't set out to to be sitting in this chair. Like, it wasn't some grand design. It was me just being a creative weirdo that loved to write and talk about the Denver Broncos, and one thing led to another. But it all starts with the urge and the, the urge to create. And as Zach said, get down in front of that blank sheet and just start, it's just like stream of consciousness. As long as you have a topic, right? I don't care what it is. Drew Locke, go. What do you have to say about Drew Locke, Christian? Sit down and write it, all yeah. right? And then just let it flow. Don't, over, don't be overcritical. Just go. All right, buddy. We got to move on, though. Orange Crush 7, what's good, big dog? Let's keep the momentum going, he says. Love the color rush week. Best logo in NFL history. Make these helmets and jerseys permanent with white pants. Go Broncos. I'd love to see that combination with the white pants but more than anything i think the most realistic thing here is the possibility that someday the broncos might because the cool thing about the color rush helmet zach is you've got the darker blue of the modern broncos the 97 and on broncos mixed with the old d from the powder blue bronco helmets right and so that marriage i think it would be rad to be permanent but for whatever reason there's not a push within the team to, to do that, Zach. And I think it has a lot to do with trademarks and the rigmarole of branding and all that stuff. I mean, it's a pretty big deal for a team to suddenly change right. its logo that is it is most known for.
1: Yeah. I think um, I mean, I, I don't think I'm a minority by saying this or in the minority. I mean, uh, I love the Broncos original uniforms, the ones they have now, they're modern ones. I think they're some of the freshest uniforms in, in all of the NFL I would like this logo to be the Broncos permanent logo for the helmets. But one thing I want to avoid is the all orange color rush uniforms, burn those, fire them off into the sun. They should not exist.
0: (laughs) I would be interested though, to see him in the white pants one time, but we're not going to get that because the whole point of color rush is it's a uniform color Jersey and pants with a unique helmet. Uh, Travis Tarbox. What's good, brother. Appreciate you. As always, my friend, he says, evening priest in Broncos country, going into our bye week, a win would be huge heading into our division games. That's right, because, you know, if you can get this win at home, you go into the bye at six and four, and then you lick your wounds, you get ready for battle, because the stretch runs at final seven games, five of your six division games are going to
1: be played in that final seven frames. Yeah, you got to, you know, stack the wins where you can get them. We talked about this early in the season, the Broncos did that getting off to a 3-0 and start, but on paper, you know, all the games, they're not played on paper. On paper, the Broncos should beat them, but we've seen them blow opportunity after opportunity, and they can't take Jalen Hurts lightly, and Jalen Hurts is a sneaky quarterback, Chad. I think he's third in quarterback fantasy points up until this point. I know that's not a big barometer of success in real-life NFL, but he can do some damage. They have some receivers that can give the Broncos problems. I think they're getting back Miles Sanders this week at running back. They have a talented front seven on defense. Never underestimate any opponent, and that's the number one thing I'm worried about is them looking ahead of them and into their bye week. Real quick, just want to give everybody an update where we stand on the Facebook goal, trying
0: to get to 200,000 stars. When we do, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing, and the only people in the running are those who contribute to the goal. Of course, stars, for those who don't know if you're on Facebook, is a way that our Facebook community can financially support this uh, channel, our publication, these podcasts, each and every show. As it stands, we are 69% complete to our goal for the month of November. So we still, Zach, have a pretty solid shot between now and the 15th to hit the goal of 200000 at which point we'll do the raffle and start a new goal within the month of November. We might end up being able to raffle off more than one in this month. And here's who's in the running, right? The more people, the more time someone has starred, the more they've contributed to the goal, the more tickets they have in the hat, Rando up in the great white north of Alaska leads the way. Appreciate your brother. Andrew Lampe at number two, Travis Weber at three, Michael Ronquillo at four, Shane Daniels, five, Josh Hoyle, six, Tim Hoffman, seven, Lawrence Rivera, eight, Doug Raquel, nine, Howie Frickin' Day, 10, and then a few other Hall of Fame, Ring of Fame caliber cats right there at uh, 11, and Andrew Baker, Matt Beatty, Pete Middleton, Mike Reno. So we'll uh, we'll do some Super Chat updates here in a little bit, but. FYI, and thank you, Kirby. Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, Lawrence wants to know, hey, guys, gonna have to catch the show later. Oh, I'm slammed, but had to show up. That's a a ride or die shotgun homeboy right there. Love you, Lawrence. Appreciate that. Uh, Chris Hernandez, thank you, my friend. A uh, 26, I want to say 26, Chris. Year veteran of the United States Air Force. Of course, we are grateful. Our hats are off to all of our veterans and current active armed forces. And Chris is legendary. Chris has been with us here at MHH for a long time. We're also brothers in uh, punk rock back in the day. And I still love that profile pic, dude. It's it's legendary. So thank you, bro. Thanks as always, Chris. And happy veterans to anyone, you know,
1: any veterans out there. Happy Veterans Day.
0: Miguel says, what's up, fellas? Even if we make the playoffs, I still want a different OC. I feel you, but that's not really Vic Fangio's style, is it, Zach? He kind of... He, he picks Whoa. his guys and then the ship either floats or it goes down. And if it goes down, he's going with him.
1: I mean, common logic would dictate that if Vic Fangio sticks around, he's probably going to keep around Pat Shermer. But then again, he fired Scangarello after Scangarello had success to end the season. So you never really know. But I, I would put my money on Shermer sticking around if Fangio does.
0: A question here from Daniel wants to know where we would rank the Broncos defense amongst those in the league. Stay tuned, Daniel, because later in the show, we're going to dive into that, not just where we would rank them, but where they actually are ranked in multiple categories. Today being Thursday, the Mile High Mailbag, it's that time of the week where traditionally we take a peek inside the minds of our community because we are your football priests and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. But Thursday night, Zach, also reserved for, during the season anyway, our head-to-head look at the next opponent. We're going to go through that here in a little bit, so we'll talk about the defense and all that stuff. Um Okay, let me see. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here. By the way, Zach, did you get a chance to see what um, what Quinn Miners had to say? He was asked today about his prodigious gut, right, and whether or not fans are going to be able to get another – uh Get more looks at the gut because, you know, you don't really see it during the games themselves. Or uh, if fans can see it at practice, and yes, Travis, we hope that Shermer sticks with the run. Yes, indeed. Here's what Quinn Miner said on that topic, Zach. Out of the mouth of babes type comment. It makes you realize that this dude is a, a special unit. He said, quote, I guess the answer to that question is I'm a rookie, first of all. Second of all, I'm a professional now. I'm not... Going out looking for attention or anything like that. I want to lay low, earn my stripes, earn my place in the National Football League and earn myself a spot here with the Denver Broncos in the future. Close quote. I got to tell you, even though there's nothing like earth shattering in that comment for a guy that had earned a little uh, publicity and notoriety because of his gut, I was happy to see him say what he said.
1: I think you and I are going to take two different approaches to this. Let me just be an old man for a second. This is what I was talking about with, you know, you go on a winning streak and sometimes it gets too big into your head. Why are we talking about this? I mean, really, he's not the first lineman to show off his, his stomach. He won't be the last lineman. I never really kind of understood the allure about looking at this guy's stomach all day long and, and him keeping it out there. But would, he've got, would he have gotten this question, though, if the Broncos lost to the Cowboys? I I mean, you have to wonder the context and the situation. I don't. It doesn't make a difference either way. Maybe I'm just not a fan of the of the gut, so I'm not a fan of the question. It's neither
0: here nor there. But here's another cool thing that kind of helps you understand his mindset uh, when the Broncos call a run play. When when Pat Shermer decides, hey, let's do something different and call a run. Uh, Miners, of course, as a run blocking guard is just, in my opinion, he and Natani Muti Muti both of them still pretty raw, but especially Muti, they're maulers, man. They get after it, and you can really see that mindset here in what Quinn says. He says, that's, quote, that's what you're trying to do every single play as far as pancaking, guys. When you have those run calls, you're trying to impose your will on another person. When you have those pancakes, it definitely is like a huge rush of excitement and, hey, let's keep running the ball. That's a kind of mindset uh, when going after those. So, Zach, let's just hope that Pat Shermer – realized the model here you want teddy to play efficient you want teddy to be upright you want teddy to move the the offense run the ball get that running game going don't give up if it's not first succeeding early in the game keep establishing the run
1: glp what's up buddy love you And, you know, that's the thing about establishing the run game. You can't be scared to stick with it even when it's not working. It, it's so easy to take to the air, go off play action, go out of the gun shed, you know, uh, launch it downfield. But when you have two good running backs and a rookie that's sensational right now, even if it doesn't work in the beginning, stick with it and you'll get the payoff. And I think the both running backs showed that it's possible against Dallas. Um, a question, it's a long one here,
0: so I'm just going to flash. So DeAndre, shout out to DeAndre. I'm going to read it here. He says, uh, if the Broncos find a way to pull this game out and get to six and four, heading into the bye week and win three straight games, they will be in contention and playing meaningful games in November and December for the first time in five or six years. Well, if you can remember, I know it feels like, you know, these five or six years feel like it's been 30 years, right? The depredations. But in 2018, the Case Keenum season, the Broncos dug themselves a little hole, and then they went on a run. They won three in a row, and that was when Philip Lindsay popped. It was right after the Royce Freeman injury in week seven. It was weeks, I want to say, eight through 11, and there was a bye in, in, in there somewhere. And they dug themselves back into playoff contention. So when they got into November, it was late November, they had a chance. They were now back in the conversation for a wild card, but they blew it. So th- that was meaningful football. Did they capitalize? No, Zach.
1: I'm just seeing Nico Arabe has to kind of chill in the in the side chat here, spamming. I appreciate. Yeah, Scott got him. We don't care about your Eagles here, Nico. We'll see you Sunday. We'll see you Sunday, Big Dog. Um. Okay, let me see here.
0: I'm gonna pull up. If you want to grab a comment or two real quick, Zach. I'm gonna pull up the sheet so
1: we can start taking a look here at these Eagles. Yeah. Um. I definitely agree with uh, someone said it's easy when you write about something that you're passionate about. 100%. I mean, that's in this business. You're not doing it for the money or for the, the fame or for the allure. You're doing it because you love it. And that's another piece of advice we can give to Christian and anyone uh, interested. Here, hey guys, James.
0: If, if you're actually, real quick, Zach, if you're actually interested in writing and stuff like that, and you can send stuff to milehighhuddle at gmail.com, not as you know some kind of a resume but if you're looking for a little pointers here and there someone to kind of grade your work a little bit in the business i'll get back to you so you can send that to us but just you know unless i get overwhelmed with with and, and spammed with like hundreds of people sending me sending me uh, uh word documents to critique their stuff but no for real you want me to take a
1: look send it we'll take a look I got my red pen handy. Uh, James Koch, James Koch, however you pronounce your last name, James. We appreciate I've seen it, both pronunciations, by the way. Speaking of running backs, James asks, what has happened with Mike Boone? That's a good question. I think Pat Shermer happened to Mike Boone. Like Pat Shermer has happened to pretty much every player on the Broncos offense. But, I mean, honestly, in fairness, though, right now you have Javante, the reigning rookie of the week, by the way, hats off to Pookie. Yep. Melvin running pretty strong for his money and earning uh, what future money he's going to make. When you have those two cooking right now and you're still trying to feed Tim Patrick, Jerry, Judy, Albert O, you know, Cortland Sutton, you can't feed everyone. So Mike Boone is a distant third on that depth chart. He's basically got
0: one touch on offense since he's gotten back uh, from injured reserve. And it was like a three yard reception. He's mostly been called up to play special teams. And on one hand, it's hard to fully blame the uh, Broncos when you have, Melvin Gordon and Pookie both playing really well for the last couple of weeks. It's kind of coincided with Mike Boone's return, by the way, to to the active roster. But at the same time, you're paying this guy decent. Like You're paying this guy, Mike Boone, more than you were willing to pay Phillip Lindsey had you not rescinded the original round tender, and he's not getting an offensive touch to save his life. So I would still think that despite the fact that you have Melvin and Pookie really kind of zoning, chugging, Keep feeding the hot hand on Pookie in particular, but throw a few reps, throw a few touches, throw a few carries
1: to Mike Boone because the dude's got some skills. Basically, Mike Boone is the new Royce Freeman, and that's not very complimentary. It means
0: we had a we worried that that this might happen with Zach's camera. That's one of the reasons we were delayed. Is trying to figure out troubleshoot. He's back. He's back. There we go. And sometimes I hate
1: technology. I'm not going to lie, but it, it can be a it can be a bummer sometimes. Basically, they don't need him right now. So they're not playing him. And you don't have to give uh, Pat Shermer a, a lot more reason not to play someone than he already has. But you know what? He's a guy that is going to, it's good
0: to have him waiting in the wings if you need him. James Grossman says, I loved watching that 38 yard Williams run on a loop. I'm feeling good about the next game. I think we have some significant positive momentum going into it. Go Broncos. I do too. I really do. But it's like, it's like Teddy talked about on Wednesday. Losing those four games, that four game stretch, um builds character in a sense. If you have the wherewithal to try and and find what lessons there are to be to uh, learn from that four four game losing streak, but winning and winning handily, Zach also builds character. And so, those two sides of the pendulum, which way are the Broncos as a collective going to swing? Are they going to swing towards the? We're, we're, we're the team that dominated the Cowboys buying into our own press clippings, because when you do that, you get, you get performances like you saw from the Cowboys against the Broncos in week nine. Whereas, like Teddy said, if we can keep fresh in our minds, what it felt like during that own four stretch and, and stay resolved to never let that happen again. I think that is kind of the spiritual theme for them to hold on to. And here's the Duchess Zach jumping in with a huge super
1: chat mm-hmm. tonight. Thank you so Thank much, you, Michaela. Michaela. And she says Boone is an expensive special teams yeah, member. Pretty much, indeed. Chad. That you, I mean, you made the greatest point there, uh, and I think that's what has to be um, kind of kept in mind about the Broncos it's it's one thing to celebrate the the Cowboys victory and for what it was but you don't have to overthink it either and that's what Vic Fangio said that I agree with you can talk about motivation and the all the the psychological BS as he put it behind it you go out there you execute your job and you'll more than likely will win the game and it's no coincidence that the coaching was better their performances on the field were better and it all worked hand in hand so if they go in there Chad they don't get too ahead of themselves and they don't overlook the Eagles. They don't start to plan their bi-week vacations. I think they can come out with a victory, but this is the same question we posed after 3-0. and Who are the real Broncos? Are they a team that's going to keep it going and take down better competition? That was a fat no to that question against the Ravens, or are they a team that met adversity, overcame adversity, and now they're hitting their stride? That's what they have to answer, and that's why this is the biggest test of the season on Sunday, in my opinion.
0: Michaela, just so you know that again, I mean, it's sometimes it comes off like, you know, just another day, but I'm telling you right now, we appreciate that level of support and it's not just today. It's very often from you. So love you, my friend. Appreciate you. Doug Raquel on Facebook. Appreciate you too, buddy. He says a win this week, six and four at the bye is better than I hope. Take care from Butte, Montana. Appreciate that, bro. Yes. um, Yeah, we'll see. You know, here's the thing. If you think about it, Zach, and this might be kind of a a glass half full philosophy or outlook, but if you were to pick between two scenarios, one, a team starts like the first half of the season, super hot. Let's say, you know, like the Cowboys, six and one, six and two. And then they've, their best ball is now in their rear view. They they hit the stretch run when teams really start ramping up and separating and they crumble. Or do you want to be that team that was kind of, rolling through the punches, did not play its best ball early on, but kind of found itself along the way and then suddenly finds its stride when the games really matter most. It's convenient to say that that's the one I would prefer, to be honest with you. It ne- wouldn't necessarily, Zach, have to be include an 0-4 stretch right in October, but still, you know, the Broncos starting 3-0 right on. Maybe you lose a couple in a row, then you bounce back, you lose one, you know, win two, that type of thing. Didn't need to be four games, obviously, but that's my outlook on this team is if it's going to break in their direction, they're hitting their stride at the right time.
1: What you were saying reminded me of a meme I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago. It said pretty much <laughs> you were either funny in middle school or you're a successful adult now. And it's, 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 it's true for life, but it's true for the NFL as well. You don't want to be a team that peaked too early. I mean, I always reference this, but the 07 Giants are one of the best examples of all time. They were a team that barely made the playoffs, but they got hot at the right time. They found their their collective mark at the right time. And you saw what happened. They rode that momentum all the way to a title. Not saying it's going to happen with the Broncos, but six and four, you would have told me that, Chad. After 10 weeks, the Broncos would be six and four with Teddy Bridgewater, Vic Fangio, and Pat Shermer. I would have signed up for that. Yeah. I mean, they have a chance. It's you know, it's cliche
0: what George Payton said, but the Broncos are in the thick of things. And really that's all you can ask for knowing what obstacles this team has had to overcome and also just knowing the imperfections of this squad entering this campaign. Travis Weber, good to see you brother. Appreciate you as always my friend. He says uh a little late to the show. Much love to MHH and a mile high salute to our veterans. Amen to that, Big Dog. Thank you. Whoops. Uh day from Georgia. Good to see you buddy. Uh, appreciate you. He says, what's up, Priest? I love the energy Kenny Young has brought with him. Who do you think pays the price, Jewel or Johnson? Broncos country football, Priest state of being. That's a really good question. I err on the side of if the Broncos are going to be inclined to throw some money at one of those two, it's going to be AJ because AJ's just been a more consistent player in the two years, three years now, two two years and a couple of games um, under Fangio he's just been more consistent and available Josie Jewell let us not forget lost his starting job to Alexander Johnson because of injury and now he's injured again right he just Good point. has had some bad luck with the injury bug this is the first and only injury Alexander Johnson has suffered as a pro that you know caused him to miss any time anyway so I'm inclined to think that if you're going to area air on the side of Johnson but as you answer this, Zach, I'm curious if you saw what Teddy had to say about Kenny Young and his kind of influence on the locker room.
1: Yeah, I saw some of the quotes and I saw what Kenny Young said about uh, staying around in Denver. He said it's a special place and he's gotten accustomed to Colorado and just the overwhelming the support among the fans and the media for him to a- already resign and get a long term deal with Denver. I think it's pretty cool. I, I really do feel like Kenny Young was here for the, the long haul, not just for this season. You can make the case they should bring back either Jewel or Johnson. I don't think both are coming back. It depends on the coaching staff. I think Fangio is a fan of both here. Peyton has no loyalty to either. But Johnson was the number three overall linebacker, according to PFF, at the time of his injury. So he was playing really good uh, football at the off-ball position. And I think, like you said, Chad, he's a little more explosive. They're both good against the run, but I think he offers a little more. And if you want to bring him back and pair him with Kenny Young and pair them with Baron Browning, you're talking about some uh, young, fast, long-term inside linebacking unit.
0: That'd be a unit with some juice. Here's, here's what I was talking about. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater has a little bit of a history with, with Kenny Young. Here's what he said yesterday. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to read two quotes. One, here's Teddy. Quote, Kenny, he's just a guy who loves ball. He has a football DNA with his upbringing. He has some brothers who play ball as well. You watch film, it's just his energy and his mindset. And then he went on to say, he's been in places that have had success. He knows what it should look like and things like that. He's a guy who comes in with the mindset that the standard needs to be raised. He's only been here a couple of weeks to have a guy like that on the team. And then he's making plays on Sundays. You can't do anything but root for a guy like him. He's a guy who I've connected with over the past couple of weeks, close quote. So I like that, Zach. Coming in and, and just not necessarily like gathering all these new faces around him and saying, Hey, let me tell you guys something. Y'all need to get better. Y'all suck. Let's, I mean, let's raise some standards. No, it's just his mindset. It's the energy that he puts off. It's how he says things to his teammates. And then, of course, how he conducts himself as a player, both on and off the field, that screams to everybody in that locker room, Yo, We got to raise our standards. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Broncos start playing better the way they have Kenny Young all of a sudden in Denver, just as much as I don't believe it was a coincidence that their best
1: game of the season came days after Von Miller was traded. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Teddy should be that guy, though. You know, the guy that he described in that quote, he should be that guy for the entire team. But on defense, they don't really have that. I mean, who do you look towards? Shelby or. Dreamont Jones, Simmons, Kareem Jackson. They don't have someone with that energy, that natural passion for the game where he's just a banshee with his hair on fire, Chad, running all over the field. And like you said it best. It's no coincidence the defense has looked faster, played faster, and played better overall since Kenny Young's been in the lineup. If you watch the film, even watch a condensed version of the game on the NFL's YouTube channel, every time either Pollard or Zeke Elliott leaked out of the backfield, Kenny Young was step for step with them. That's not easy, and when's the last Broncos inside linebacker to do that? You're going back five, six years now. Guys, as you know, and well said,
0: um, we're also running a uh, raffle, goal, giveaway, whatever, contest uh, for our YouTube community, and the way it's going to shake out is the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of November, their five names will go into a hat, raffle, Pick a winner. They get a Broncos jersey of their choice. And those who aren't in the top five, each each tier will also raffle off uh, some little MHH care packages so everyone feels like they got a chance for something who are contributing to what we're doing here. But Zach, we have some serious shakeups in the top five on Super Chat for the month of November. First off, the DWI guys who are big on the morning show with uh, Scott and Nick Broncos for breakfast. Climbed to the top right now. The Duchess at number two, uh Naj Altaf at number three, Casey Nickel, who was not ranked before last night, has now climbed to number four, and then tied with him is Dale D-Dub, great, great friend, great member of our community, Mount Rushmore superstar, and then uh, that's your top five technically with Corey H just outside, Cody Dub just outside. Uh, Claydo and Kayaka just outside. And then you can see also Justin Martin, Seth Harmon, both of whom have climbed of late. So shout out to each and every one of you. And Lando Lee, props, buddy. Thank you for the stars. Salute, Yvonne, down in Mexico, proves Broncos country is not a geographic location, baby. It's a state of being. He says, hey, guys, do you think Pat Shermer will continue with a similar game plan as last week? Or will we return to the old Shermer? You know, Yvonne, I don't know, man. I don't trust Pat McAfee, Pat Shermer enough to be able to count on him, you know, recognizing that water is wet. I hope so, but I, I got to see it a couple of times, you know, in a row, like I got to see some presence of mind here, Zach, some feel for just what kind of horses he's got at his disposal. I hope so, Yvonne, I am hopeful that he does, but you know, that was such a decisive and eye-opening win. Zach, I'm hoping that some of the eyes that were, you know, cranked open were that of the coaches as well. I mean, there were some real moments for, of epiphany for those who were who were watching.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Pat Shermer has to click all the cars he sees to verify he's not, he's not a bot, you know. I mean, we <laughs> have to see if he's legit or not, if he's a real live human being calling plays that has a feel for the game. So, yeah, I think Chad obviously said it best there. We can't trust anyone right now from quarterback to coach to anyone on this team except for a small handful of players but Pat Shermer is number one on the untrustworthy scale if he can show that he learned from last week that'd be a great thing but up to this point he's proven that he won't you know stick to what works he's that stubborn we have to hope that changes let's grab Colby here and then we'll
0: do some head-to-head comparisons. We got a little bit of time but it's getting to that point where if we're going to do head-to- head we got to get started on it. Uh, but first, Colby says, "Let's get that winning streak going this week. Go Broncos! I got my MHH shirt a couple days ago. It's really cool and good quality. Thanks, Priest. Well, send us the send us the selfie, dude. We'll put it up on MHH Instagram. And if I'm not mistaken, Colby, you won that as one of the five star reviewers in the month of September, correct? Either way, send us that uh, that selfie, buddy. And Tim, bro, flexing hard." On Facebook, thank you. He says, I love watching Williams. It reminds me of Willis McGahee a little. If we lose playing at our house this weekend again, then going to the bike, coming out against the Chargers, good luck. Personally, I believe we will pull off this win. Go Broncos. Yeah, I'm optimistic. We're going to save our exact picks, though, for the game for tomorrow's Mile High Roundtable article at milehighhuddle.com, so stay tuned for that.
1: You know, he reminds I mean, you can pick a lot of running backs. And again, Vic Fangio, by the way, Chad, pointed to Edron James, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, to liken Javante to. I see a combination of Marshawn Lynch and Nick Chubb, though. And if you got either of those players in Javante Williams, boy, do you got a good one for the long term?
0: All right, let's go through some of these numbers. I know there's a few other comments, questions, uh stars, supers chats that we will get to, but let's do some quick head-to-head comparisons here. Week 10, the Denver Broncos, five and four, Eagles at three and six. As we go through these rankings, remember green signifies a top 10 statistical mark, red. Bottom 10, and if it's black, that just means in between, all right? Turnover margin, the Broncos, Zach, have clawed back to zero. So that's good. That's good they're not minus because they've been minus since, you know, Peyton Manning, since before Peyton Manning hung up his cleats, to be honest with you, since I think the last time the Broncos finished plus in the turnover margin was 2014. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Meanwhile, the Eagles, pretty efficient or relatively efficient uh, at plus one. That means that they have taken the ball away one time more than they've given it away Uh, time of possession though. The Broncos still top 10 and that game against the Cowboys that really helped them. I mean, they possessed it 41 minutes to, you know, 18 and change for uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So this is something that is a product of a productive running game. And it's really been helped, especially by the last couple of games. But this is again, screaming to pat Shermer, don't abandon the run even if early on in the game it's not you know popping off the dividends that you hope
1: yeah if you hold on to the ball and don't turn the ball over it your chances of winning just skyrocket it's it's common nfl logic all right let's look at these offenses head to head now the
0: broncos when last we were uh, looking at this a lot of red in their their column here they've clawed back into the black which is good they're still quite a ways off from greens where they really need to be, but still we're seeing progress. So in net yards per game, your Denver Broncos are the 18th ranked offense with 346 per game. Wow. The Eagles are 17th with 346. So these are very mirror image in terms of production offenses. Uh, as far as points per game, the Eagles have the Broncos beat by quite a, quite a ways. They're averaging 25 points a game, 11th in the league Broncos, just under 21 points a game, 22nd. Rushing, this is, for now, Philadelphia's offensive calling card. They are the sixth-ranked rushing offense, averaging just under 137 yards per game. And the Broncos, no slouches, all right? 13th, outside the top 10, averaging 113 per game. Passing, the Eagles are, there's only four teams worse. Or let's see, 9, 30, 31, yeah, four teams worse. I don't math well than them, as far as passing goes. The Broncos, they've clawed back into kind of the middle part. They're ranked 19th with 232 passing yards per game, and then had intercepted. Look at all the green we're getting into now for the Eagles. So this is not the wounded duck, um, you know, easy mark that a lot of, I think, fans make Philadelphia out to be. They have only been picked off four times. They've only lost the ball three times on a fumble. Uh, sacks allowed, Zach. They've only allowed 15 sacks, which is the 10th fewest in the NFL. 21. And then their third down percentage. They are converting 44% of their third down tries, which is ranked ninth in the league. And they're converting a whopping wow. 72% of their red zone possessions into touchdowns. That's ranked third. Whereas the Broncos, you know, hmm. there's only one team that's given up more sacks this year than the Denver Broncos. And third down, I mean, they're 22nd with 37% uh, conversion. And then in red zone, Zach, and then I want to serve it back to you. They're only converting 55% of their red zone tries into touchdowns, which ranks
1: 22nd. But this is uh, this is interesting. I mean, the Broncos have gotten better on third down and, and in the red zone. I didn't realize how good Philadelphia was in those uh, departments, especially in the, um, in the red zone, third in the NFL. I wonder what the Broncos were in rushing going into the Cowboys game, though, because I think they're 11th now. They've climbed up the charts. That is the key if they want to slow down Philadelphia's offense because Philadelphia's offense runs through Jalen Hurts. He is the ball carrier. He is the ball thrower. He is the whole Eagles offense. And if they can keep him off the field, similar to Lamar Jackson, uh, it, their chances of winning just go up exponentially there. 29 sacks allowed, though. I mean, that's surprising to me because we build the Broncos O-line as a potential top 10 line. We didn't think they were that bad, enough to give up, you know, the second most sacks in the entire league. Some of those are on Teddy, kind of hanging in the pocket, holding on to the ball, but they've been a sieve a sieve mm-hmm. more often than not to uh, the answer to your question,
0: Zach, I just pulled it up going into the Cowboys game. The Broncos were the 20th ranked rushing offense, averaging 103 yards per game. So they've climbed ever so slightly uh, to seven. Yeah, they've climbed, they've climbed seven spots. So mm. props to them. Imagine that. Let's take a look at the defense comparisons. All right. The Broncos are the sixth defense in the sixth ranked anyway, in uh, allowing yards per game. The Eagles are right in the middle of the pack, 15th. As far as relinquishing points, only one team allows fewer points per game than the Denver Broncos, who are averaging a stingy 17 points per game. Whereas the Eagles, they're allowing 24 points per game. All right. Net rushing, the Broncos are top 10. They're allowing 98.3 yards per game on the ground, which is the sixth fewest in the league, and the eighth ranked passing defense, relinquishing 223. Whereas Again, Philly, middle of the pack in both those areas. Neither one of these teams, Zach, as a defense, are good at taking the ball away. But the Broncos do have seven interceptions to the Eagles' six and three fumble recoveries to the Eagles' two. So 10 total takeaways. Eagles have eight total. And then in sacks, this is what blows my mind because if you think about it, Zach, Von Miller stopped sacking the quarterback uh, after the Baltimore game. Right, like I, I think maybe a half sack, if if that, from the Baltimore game until when he was traded, and yet the Broncos have twenty-two on the season, which is the tied for the ninth most in the NFL, and no Chubb. Either. and no Chubb, correct, exactly, and meanwhile the Eagles seventeen sacks on the season, ranked twenty-second, but neither one of these teams. So remember, Fangio's calling card—the one thing he could hang his hat on since he came to Denver was that. Number 1 red zone defense two years in a row. They have fallen quite precipitously this year. They're ranked 12th, allowing uh, touchdowns on 55.6% of opponent drives, whereas look at this, Eagles. They're allowing 70% of their opponent's red zone drives to result in touchdowns. And then they're about the same on third down. They're both giving up about 44%
1: conversions. Chad, scroll up for a second. See that right there, guys? Points per game, rushing per game, passing yards allowed per game, second, sixth, and eighth, and total yards six. That Those numbers, that's what we thought the Broncos would be producing. That's what the most expensive defense in the NFL, with the no-fly zone 2.0 and Fangio at the helm, that is finally what we we thought the Broncos were going to be. And the Eagles, I mean, you look at their red zone, Chad, 69%. More than two-thirds of the time they're allowing a touchdown in the red zone. The Broncos' offense should have no issue punching it in. I mean, this should be a game on paper. Once again, the Broncos can win going away. But could is the operative word.
0: Yep. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, right, we all would have a Merry Christmas. All right, we're at 44 minutes. we got to get out of here pretty soon, so let's grab a a few more. Anything burning on your mind, guys, get them in. Travis Tarbox says, do you guys think we will bring Melvin Gordon back next year or try to find his replacement uh, in the draft to pair with Pookie? I'd be stunned if Melvin Gordon is a Bronco
1: next year, but crazier things have happened. I mean, only because if he plays this well going forward, another team is going to pay him. Why would the Broncos invest a multi-year, potentially market resetting contract when you have Javante waiting in the wings? It makes no sense from a business standpoint. Andrew Baker also tipping his cap to the vets. Love that, buddy. And thank
0: you for the stars. He says, Happy Veterans Day to all who served. Um who all who served all gave some and some gave all gave all us. Hashtag MH for life. Love it, dude. Appreciate that. We are uh, big time supporters of the military at Mile High. Big Hall. time. Yep. Andrew Lampy, what's good, buddy? Appreciate the stars. Appreciate your support as always. Hello, right back at you. Um. Okay. Let me see here. Based Gase, longtime Super Chat superstar. Appreciate you. He says Kenny Pickett is making an impression now with George Payton at the game. Do we see Teddy Two Gloves mentoring Kenny Two Gloves next season? It's possible, man. I mean, depending on where the Broncos ultimately fall in the draft, George Payton, through his trades and you know maneuvers, Zach, is positioning himself to have the ammunition to either go after a quarterback on the trade market or to move up in the draft. It's just a matter of if it's the draft, who does Peyton identify, if anyone, worthy of taking somewhere in the in the first round? Maybe it's Kenny Pickett. Time will tell. And by the way, George Payton, condolences. He lost his father to Alzheimer's. And also condolences while we're on the subject to MHH staff writer, former Super Chat superstar Mike Evans, who also lost his father just a couple days ago. So love you, Mike. Prayers up to the Evans fam.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't it's it's tough to segue back to football after that, but uh the Broncos now have been on hand to see Kenny Pickett. They were on hand to see Matt Corral and Malik Willis. So you can take that as a sign that how serious of the Broncos are in Teddy Bridgewater if they're actively scouting his potential replacement while this season's still going on, but I think that's the way they're leaning right now. That's the way Chad and I have been saying, you know, with warning you, don't expect an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, one of those quarterbacks I think could be in orange and blue next year. I wouldn't mind Teddy mentoring Pickett, who I get kind of Justin Herbert vibes from, Chad, But it would depend who's calling plays. Moreover, for Kenny Pickett, if it's Pat Shermer, I don't know about that. You need a real elite mind to maximize Pickett's potential and get him to that franchise level. I don't think Pat Shermer is the one to do that. Charlie Young
0: says, Team Young headed up from Florida to see the Broncos this weekend. We are stoked. Let's go. Awesome, dude. Hopefully you get to see a nice win. But yeah, guys, don't sleep on Philadelphia. Are they beatable? Yes one of the things that gives me optimism is that some of their biggest weaknesses as a club kind of feed into what the Broncos strengths are. But again, it comes down to on a given Sunday, that want to thing, right? That spiritual wherewithal who wants it more. So let's hope it's the Broncos this time. Leroy. What's good, buddy? He says, Oh, what's up guys. Just waking up doing back-to-back doubles at work, man, that's tough. Still clowning at work on the win Sunday, living in Cowboys nation. I'm still clowning. We are going to beat my hometown Philly Eagles this weekend. Mile high salute. Love it, dude.
1: Appreciate that. And, yes, you got some bragging rights if you're in Cowboys Nation. That's for sure. And I can tell you those in Cowboys Nation right now are in shambles after the Broncos uh, just ass-whipping that they laid on the hometown Cowboys last week. So Broncos fans can take some, some solace in that. They really threw the Cowboys for a loop. Andrew Lampy says, is anyone else concerned about the floater
0: balls Teddy's throwing across the middle? Already lost one wide receiver with the knee, and he threw two to Judy last week. You know, every quarterback at times is going to throw a hospital ball. It's usually inadvertent. They're not necessarily trying to get anybody hurt. Um, but with Teddy, I mean, you can minimize the risk of that, Zach, by just staying true to that running game. Just keep hammer in the rock and especially the Quinn miners out there, you know, Calvin Anderson, he relinquished a few pressures, no sacks in his once his start last week for Garrett Bowles at left tackle, but he was a beast as a run blocker. So you got the horses out there, Pat, just keep pushing that asserting the rushing attack.
1: I mean, it's they are only hospital balls when they're hospital balls. It's like, it's, it's genius when it works and, and you're the, you're the goat and the villain when it doesn't work. And that's the thing. Sometimes you, you throw a floater to Judy. He makes a 30-yard, 40-yard gain, maybe a touchdown. The other time you throw it to K.J. Hamler and he wrecks his knee. So I, I don't love it. But like Chad said, every quarterback throws those. us. It doesn't matter who you are. And it's part of uh, playing the position in the NFL as a wide receiver. you got to brace for them. Pat McCracken wants to know, I think we
0: start at 7-4 in 2015. If our defense plays like it did in Dallas the rest of the way, is there any chance of a Super Bowl run? FYI. Peyton Manning was kind of done in 2015 also. Um, It's just not an apples-to-apples comparison, my friend. Like, Don't delude yourself into that same thinking that plagued the Broncos for five, six years post-Super Bowl 50, which was, we are one middle-of-the-road Case Keenum, middle-of-the-road Trevor Simeon, middle-of-the-road Brock Osweiler, middle-of-the-road Joe Flacco, away from winning it all again. I hope so. I hope this team can put itself in a position to be in the tournament because if you get into the tournament, then you never know, man. But I just want to see this team get to the playoffs, and then we'll talk Super Bowls and things like that.
1: Playoffs? I mean, like this is a team that a couple weeks ago was riding a, a, a freaking four-game losing streak, guys. I mean, Super Bowl, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And this is what I'm talking about. You You beat the Cowboys handily. My hat's off. You know, congratulations for that but take it one game at a time. The Broncos are still a very flawed team with a very flawed coaching staff. They put some wins together. Then we'll talk about playoffs and go from there.
0: Long time, legendary, super chat, superstar, Mount Rushmore. Been a while, but we're just happy to have Duke Boynton back in the chat. He says, send in love, my dudes. Always love the hard work you guys put into this program. Thank you, Duke. Appreciate you, brother. Really do. You know, You know we love you. Andrew Baker, hopefully this Dallas win wasn't a fluke and we get some rest after a 6-4 and start to the season. Let's hope. Let's hope, big dog. Uh, Also, shout out to Albert Knoppers and his wife, Michelle, great friends of ours who we got to hang out with at the meet and greet. He says, as long as Shermer doesn't fall back into his predictive play calling, we should be okay.
1: Okay. It goes for Vic Fangio, too. I mean, he can't go back to being the hands-like-this, stoic, no-passion guy. That had to be a new Vic, the guy who was saying, how about them Broncos after beating the Cowboys? I want to see more of that. And that's what he has to prove going forward, that his shell came off and he finally learned how to take the you know, the dominance aspect of the team and exploit that to his advantage. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Thank you for joining us tonight. Zach, if you can do the
0: rundown, I'm going to pull up and show our great Facebook community. How we finished yep. on stars.
1: Yes, this was the Huddle Up Podcast. Until we see you guys next time, which is the gut reaction episode on Sunday after the Eagles game, follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at KelbermanNFL. Go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a football pre hat, get yourself a hoodie, coffee cup, anything and anything you want is in that store. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button for three exclusive shows at your fingertips, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle Pod. Like that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, just subscribe, like, and share. It helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And guys, if you have not become a, a
0: supporter on Facebook of MHH, and that means you go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash huddle, big blue button at the top, click it, go through the process of signing up, becoming a supporter, you're going to miss out on the reaction halftime streams for Kelberman's Corner on Sunday, Broncos-Eagles. So go take care of that, trust us, you're gonna you're going to dig that, because then you also get the trickle zone on Monday, you also get Broncos Book Club, which is coming back soon, and we're working in... Uh, Some new shows coming very, very soon. But here's how we finished on Facebook. And a shout-out to these great supporters. Tim Hoffman at the top. Love it, dude. Travis Tarbox right behind him. Andrew Baker. Andrew Lampe. The the battle of the MHH Andrews continues. This one was a dead heat. Doug Raquel. Kirby Caves. That's a newer name. Kirby, welcome. Thank you, buddy. Charlie Young. Lawrence Rivera. James Grossman. Miguel. This is – I think we saw Miguel last night, if I'm not mistaken. Or very recently. So, Miguel, welcome. Thank you, buddy. Lando, don't call me Calrissian Lee in the hizzy. Love you, bud. Gary Leach Palmer, as we uh, fondly call him, GLP. Hope you're recovering well from uh, things, my friend. Colby C. Collier and Yvonne. Much love and respect to each one of you. We're off tomorrow. Dove Valley Deep Divers, Friday night, 6 p.m. Mountain. And then Saturday night, Mile High Insiders, and then we'll be back Sunday for the gut, as Zach mentioned. But, guys, go sign up. Become a supporter so you can be in that conversation for the halftime reaction stream with, with Zach and Kelberman's
1: Corner. Take care. And, as always, guys, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.